This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Want to know what's going on in your neck of the woods and learn the history and the people behind the events that you love across the state? Get to know the real Mississippi. Check out MPB Think Radio's Next Stop Mississippi podcast on all platforms or on the MPB public media app. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Hello, Coach Charlie. Hello, Jermaine. How are you doing today? I'm doing good today, Coach. i got to get on the road today. I'm, I'm heading to Clarksdale, so pray for me in the vehicle I'm in. That's going to be good. <laughs> hey, that's a long... <laughs> Desolate trip. It's, it's nothing but trees, isn't <laughs> it, Coach? But trees. Nothing but trees. Trees, so that's it. I'll try to play some good music to play keep myself. Play some good music, keep on going. <laughs> some good cartoons. That's what I'll try to get that's in today. That's what I'm talking about. Well, Coach, it's going to be a great day today. Why? Because we're going to soup this thing up today. We're going to soup it up, <laughs> tell you how to do it. We are going to soup this thing up today, everybody. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Coach Charlie is here to answer any and all questions about souping that thing up or whatever you got to do to that thing. We can do it. (laughs) That's right, Coach. That is right. Well, Coach. We're also, in souping that thing up, we'll, we'll be talking about purchasing and replacing OEC parts and manufacturer soup um, up versus a DIY soup right. up. But before we do that, I want to talk about what you talked about when you walked in this morning about your electric bill and thinking about trying to hook up an EV on top of what your electric bill was. Well, I was just thinking, you know, I got my electric bill it was $560 and that was just for my house. $560. It was $60 more than it was last year at this time. I used 155 less kilowatts. So now if you notice, I got less, I paid more. <laughs> now hook up an EV to that. And, you know, you think about being cheaper to hook it up to the electricity, to hook it up to the grid. You may want to think about it because electricity is not going down. Fuel goes up. Electricity goes up. All right. So you need to think about it. You know, I think you as if you're doing EVs, if you're into all that, you need to really investigate what the cost is going to be, not just if you think that you're doing the carbon footprint, and that's great. We all need to do the carbon pr- footprint to reduce it. But think about what it's really going to cost you in the end. Okay. You know, because last week we talked about Ford lost uh, $4 billion in EVs yeah. sales, and they was profitable in gasoline sales. Yeah, yeah. Just think about it. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard any – do you have any friends that possibly have an EV who who have talked about maybe their electric bill? I have no friends that have <laughs> any of coaches' I, friends I drive do. gasoline vehicles. <laughs> In reality, I know nobody personally that, that has, has an EV, EV yet. Nobody. Okay. I've seen them, but I don't know anyone. None either. of my none of my family has it. Yeah. They live in Texas, and they live in. Uh, here in Mississippi, I just don't know anybody that has one. And, you know, it's really strange to me. I went up to um, South Haven at Tangler Mall, mm-hmm. and they had uh, four chargers in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. None of them had any, any cars, cars up to them whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. It was enough for eight cars, but nobody was in there charging the vehicle. Right. Because everybody was driving a gasoline vehicle. Right. What you got, Abram? <laughs> I looked it up. And it says that owning an EV adds about 32% to your electric bill. Yeah. 
Uh, so that can that can in, equate to an additional seven hundred and fifty dollars for electricity. Coach, that's over a grand now. Well, well you think about my five hundred and sixty that I paid this month. Next month it's going to be. They already estimate my bill to be six hundred and ten dollars. Right. Without an EV. <laughs> Gosh, that stressed me out. Like my heart just started beating when you so saw the price faster. for the thirty-two yes. percent extra. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's wild, though. Well, I say, and I just noticed, you know, I was one hundred and fifty-five. You're gonna need a gen rack for that car. <laughs> well, being one hundred and fifty-five <laughs> kilowatts less, yeah, and I paid sixty dollars more. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Quick question about EVs, and not to. To change the subject, but I was behind one one day. Can they drive fast, or are they just prone to driving slow? Is that a thing? Abram's laughing. No, they <laughs> uh, they go fast. Well, it's the same thing. Your foot just when you hit that accelerator, all that power goes those motors, yeah, and it turns that wheel. Okay. You know, it's, 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 it has a transmission, but it's an electric motor transmission. Yeah, you know they need to soup that thing up. They no. can they, they can soup those things up. <laughs> Because the wheels cost a lot on those. Do you know that uh, regular tires do not interchange from an EV to a gasoline vehicle? Really? Yeah. you got to have special tires for Tesla cars. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, y'all, it, it, it seems like it's a lot. It seems like it's a lot. It is. And like I say, I, think, I just don't think people understand sometimes when we, when we talk about it that we need to make sure – that we are know everything about what we're buying. If it's a gasoline vehicle, if it's a diesel vehicle, and like I say, with these young kids, um, these young uh, teenagers wanting to take in soup those things up. Yeah, well, yeah. What's the difference of souping up an EV pickup truck than a gasoline pickup truck? There's a lot of difference in price and yeah. what you can do to it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll discuss some of that today. So, coach, you know, I pulled up. A definition for soup up. That's right. Because I was like, soup up? Where did they get this from, right? So here it is. To soup up a car means to tinker with the air and fuel mixture to get the most out of its engine's performance. Now, the term souped up dates back to 1911, referring to horses that had been injected with narcotics to make them run faster. And souped up came from the slang word soup, the narcotic that was injected into the horses. And in fact, any concoction that packs a lot of power, including nitroglycerin, um, glycerine was called a soup. So I learned something. Well, you think about it, it started back in 1911. Horsepower can't, you know. That's it. It's horsepower. It's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get the most out of that engine to the rear wheels. Now, you can have um, the power at the engine, but if you can't get it to the rear wheels, you ain't done anything. Yeah. You got to have the right transmission, the right rear end, and it all has to work together. Okay. 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 Now, when we're talking about purchasing and replacing OEC parts versus um, uh, the manu and the manufacturer's soup up versus a DIY, what all goes into that, Coach? So, uh, talking about OEM parts, OEM parts, just to let you understand, those are parts made by the manufacturer, sold by the manufacturer. Okay. Like if it's a Ford injector. It's going to say Ford on it, and you're going to buy it from Ford. Okay. Okay. Now, the off-brand of Ford is Motorcraft. Okay. Right. And, and you can buy Motorcraft in the auto parts stores, but you can't buy Ford itself in the auto parts store. Okay. Same thing with uh, General Motors. It would say General Motors, and the off-brand of that is AC Delco. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once again, you can buy AC Delco 
from the aftermarket, and you can buy General Motors from the dealer itself. Right, right, right. Now, the warranty and the way that people do these uh, vehicles and what they're going to change and how they're going to change it, a lot of the manufacturers now soup up their own vehicles that you can get it from the manufacturer already lifted with bigger tires. Mm-hmm. You want those fog lights. Mm-hmm. You want those KC lights. You want more power in that engine. You want a more different type of transmission. You can do that from the mm-hmm. dealership now. And now it takes a lot more. You're going to pay a lot more for that. But then if you go to the man, if you want to go do it yourself, mm-hmm. that's when you start changing the tires on it. You take and lift it up. Well, I got my, I got a grandson that has a 2011 Jeep. He's fixing to raise it up five inches and fix and put 33s on it. Yeah. Okay. It already has the KC lights on it and it's going to cost him just for the tires. And get somebody to raise it up for him. It's going to cost him like $3,600, dollars Ooh, wait. Okay. And that was him getting a discount of the parts because they know somebody. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So, And that's not doing anything to the engine, not doing anything to the transmission. And I, I think a lot of times, Jermaine, what we forget and what people forget is that if they put bigger tires on it, that vehicle's not going to stop as good. Yeah. That means that a lot of times you'll see people put different, different type of brakes on it where it will stop. You put different tires on it, then maybe that thing's not going to get as good gas mileage. You say, well, I just lost all my gas mileage. But if you're souping that thing up, you ain't worried about the gas mileage anyway. You, know, you ain't worried about no noise, no no brakes. You're trying to soup it up. You're trying to soup it up and go through the mud. Right. You know, especially if it's a Jeep or a truck. Right. You know, so just you got to just think about what you're doing to it what cost you want to put in mm-hmm. it. And now you got to understand, if you don't want to keep the vehicle, what is it going to do to the selling cost of that vehicle? Because you're uh, catering to a select group of people that would want that vehicle souped up. Yeah. Okay, because everybody don't want it. Yeah. Okay, so you got to understand that as well. So it's really according what you want to do to the vehicle if you want to lift it. Now, if you want to start talking about the engine, how to get the most fuel, just like they said with that horse, mm-hmm. To get the most fuel efficient on those vehicles, to use everything, get every power of that vehicle, you may have to change the computer, you may have to change the, the injectors, you may have to change, you know, and all of that, uh, even the way that it may even be programmed, people mm-hmm. put tuners on them where they can reprogram the computer, mm-hmm. okay, and then they, and then that will get the horsepower you need. Okay. And that's just the engine. Then you got to start doing other parts. Okay. Well, we'll talk some more about it. I got a couple questions, so I'll, I'll ask you those. That would be great. We're going to go to the phones right now, though. We've got Larry and Hazelhurst on the line. Larry, you're on with Coach Charlie. Yes, you mentioned tires a while ago. Um, I found out the hard way about tires. Uh, I'm a 86-year-old retired Methodist preacher. I've driven 3 million miles, so I've been through a lot of automobiles. My first economy car was a brand-new 56 Volkswagen Beetle. But anyhow, I had a Prius about five years ago. And, uh, man, I mean, Consumers Report said it would get 44 overall. I was getting 44 overall for the first 80,000 miles. Mm. But then it was time for tires. I didn't know I needed to buy them from the dealer or the particular kind. I uh, Consumer Report said the best tire was going to be a general such and such, so I did that. After I put those other tires on there, it never got forty. I was mm. it, it wasn't made for uh, a hobby. 
And so uh, now I have a uh, Toyota Avalon getting better mileage than the Prius did because it's a hobby. And uh, I got 90,000 out of the original tire, so I had to wait till I could find a Michelin exact same size because it has to be a easy rolling tire for a hybrid. And I learned the hard way about tires do make a difference. Yeah, the tires do make a difference, and that's why I'm saying you cannot just go to a uh, tire store and say, hey, I need a set of tires for a Tesla. They're probably not going to have a set of tires for a Tesla. Right. You know, right. because yeah. they are made different, and like you say, for easy rolling, you know, because you uh, that's really what causes a lot of your gas mileage uh, is the way that tire rolls on the ground, the uh, drag and all it has, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the force. Larry, are you still there? Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. No, thank we you. thank you, Larry. We thank you. That's exactly what you were just talking That's about. Right. Yeah, with those tires. All right. Now, if you've got a question, you can also send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. Today, you know what we're doing? We're souping this thing up. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you how you can find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want more AutoCorrect, you can find the podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with the replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Here's some recent recalls. Kia is recalling 121,000, Coach, plus Nero's, Nero PHEVs for engine components. Apartment fire risk. So affected vehicles include the model year 2017 to 2022, Nero's and model year 2018 to 2022, Nero PHEVs. The issue has to do with the PCB in the hydraulic clutch actuator. Did I say that right? You did. (laughs) There we go. You heard it, Abram. Which may come in contact with fluid and cause an electrical short circuit. A short circuit may increase the risk of an engine compartment fire while driving. Now, to fix the issue, dealers are inspecting and replacing the hydraulic clutch actuator and installing a new fuse if necessary for free. So they will contact owners September 29th, but those with further questions can contact the dealer. Hyundai and Kia recall nearly two. 92,000 vehicles for oil pump fire risk. Kia, come on now. Not only is it the engine compartment fire risk, it's also an oil um, pump fire risk. Now, some 52,000 Hyundais are infected, including model year 2023 Elantra and Sonata sedans, model year 2023 Kona and Tucson SUVs, and model year 2023 to 24 Palisade SUVs. More than 39,700 Kias are also infected, including model year 2023 Soul and Sportage SUVs and model year 2023 to 24 Seltos SUVs. The issue is with the electronic controller for the idle stop and go oil pump assembly, which may have been damaged during the manufacturing process. And this issue could affect operation and lead to heat damage to the electric oil pump circuit board connector and wiring wiring harness, increasing the risk of fire and injury. Dealers are inspecting and replacing the oil pump controller as necessary for free. Um, until then, until the remedy is completed, though, owners are advised to park outside and away from structures. So, hey, park outside, uh, away from your house. <laughs> so you got to park in the parking lot, go find your parking lot, walk to the house. Well, you know, we need to tell Kevin because Kevin just bought a soul. That's why I said it the way I said it when I read it. And it's 2023. 23. So I wonder if he knows there's a recall. 
But here's the thing, Coach. With this recall, they're not sending out the notification letters until September. So who knows? How do you know to not park <laughs> So how many of them's going to burn up the, until they uh, get that taken care of as well? Well, good thing we got Kevin in house, and I could just slip him this recall right in his hands. That's so. right. <laughs> Y'all look out for that. Okay, last recall. Nearly 45,000 Jeep Wagoneers, Grand Wagoneers, are recalled for airbag interference. It's another airbag deal. Affected vehicles include the 2022 to 23 Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer SUVs. The issue is with the upper B-pillar interior trim, which may not be fully secured and could interfere with the deployment of the side curtain airbags, increasing the risk of injury in the event of a crash. They are inspecting and receding or replacing the trim pieces as necessary for free. Stellanus will begin owner, notifying owners September 22nd. Those with further questions can contact their dealers. And you can find out if your car is a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls, and inputting your VIN number. Today, though, we're souping this thing up. And we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Kevin has come out. Come on in, Kevin. (laughs) Come on in, Kevin. We'll head to the phones. I see everybody, Bill, even John, but we've got Kevin in and we're going to discuss his his recall. No, I just checked. And that website that uh, they have where you can just type in your VIN number, I just did it. No recalls for my car. <gasps> Yay! Well, that is great. <laughs> Kevin! But you... that's the simplest way to do it is, like I said, I can't think of the website, but I, I just Googled, you know, is my car being recalled and went there. You just type your VIN number in and uh, and check it out, and I'm, I'm safe. So I'm... Good, because I, I was like, did I park next to Kevin today or who parked next to Kevin today? But that, re- <laughs> that recall did say they're not going to send letters out to the 29th of September. Yeah. So, well, would, so, so go back the, and check it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, and like I said, it's easy enough to do. So I would, I think I'm going to maybe start checking it on a semi regular basis just to be safe anyway. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Anybody that has a new vehicle or even an older vehicle, you need to go to that website, check for recalls because if you're the one owner or the any time that you, if you own that car and that recall's not been taken care of, they'll do it. It okay. doesn't matter who owns the car. Yeah. It will be taken it care will of. It will be taken care of. And I mean, I, mine came up two weeks ago. So. Yeah. I took a picture of my VIN, uh, you know, with my iPhone, and I've got it stored away. Because sometimes you need that, and you're like, who knows their VIN number on their car? Right. right. But just take a, a quick snapshot of it, and, and you'll be good to go. But Kevin, so, you're so, the best. Whew. All right. Well, Yay. thank you, Kevin. He is in the clear, yes, everyone. he is in the clear. All right, MPB. Nobody needs to move their car away from Kevin's vehicle today. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to head to the phone lines. We've got Bill and Mobile on the line. He's got a 2019 Ford F-150. Comment or question, Bill, you're on with Coach Charlie. Hi, Coach. Hello. Um, I got a 2019. I bought it off of Carvana, actually. Um, it only had 25,000 miles on it. Now it's got 29. I just went over 29. Um, but the screen... A lot of times it doesn't pick up on the fact that my iPhone is plugged in, so my iPod, my Apple Play doesn't come up. And I went to YouTube, of course, and you can push the volume button and the fast-forward button on the radio. Hold it down for a second. It reboots the system. And that works, and then Apple Play comes up. Is that something to worry about? I mean, I'm doing it some, some days I do it a couple, three times a day. Some days it goes three days without me having to do it, and it just picks up on the phone. So is that anything to worry about? 
While that vehicle is still under warranty, I would take it into uh, Ford, let them check that out due to uh, it's a computer problem with that vehicle. That means that that system, there may be a glitch in the computer that's running the uh, display and the radio and all that that module so i would have them check it out because like i say as long as the vehicle's still under warranty it's not going to cost you anything Mm. okay because you should not have to reboot it every time you get in the vehicle or every three days because it should hold and matter of fact it should pick your phone up anytime you get in that vehicle automatically and whatever you push in should come up Mm -hmm. yeah all right bill does that help bill that does i was uh you know the last thing i want to do is have to replace the screen if I need if I had to. Right. Unless I have to. Yeah, and then like I say, those are expensive. I'd go straight to the Ford dealer and say, hey, my vehicle's still under warranty because I know it's under warranty for 36,000 miles, three years. So, and electronics may, some of those electronics may have longer than that. So you might want to check that out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm not the original owner? Even if you're not the original owner, all vehicles have a manufacturer warranty up to that time that it expires. If it's 36000 50000 you do not have to be the original owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be good I, to check out. I, so you bypass that that throwing money at the car, like that, Coach that's says. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thanks, so Bill. Thanks for your call. We're going to stay on the phone lines. We've got Eva in Hattiesburg on the line. She's got a dealership oil change comment. Eva, you're on with Coach Charlie. Okay. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hi. I got a problem. What kind of problem you got? <laughs> uh, my friend and I, well, she got an old car. It's, it's a, a Hyundai. It's 16 years old, but it runs in good condition. It's run in good condition, and... We went out to have the oil change. Her car has less than 150,000 miles on it. So we took it out to this service center. This is the only place she ever had her car serviced. So they know her when she walks in the door. She's an amputee. That's why she don't drive a car. She can't drive a car. I have to drive it. I'm evil. So we got the uh, oil changed and everything, and then they told us that we needed to get some tires. Well, the car had set up a lot, so they could have been dry-rotted, and she hadn't had any in several years. So we did. We went home after they did the oil change, and we got the money. Went right back out. Got a good set of tires, for as I can see. And they put the tires on, and we were on the road going back home again, and it started bucking like a parking wagon or something, a T-model maybe. And we took it right back. We didn't go home. We took it right back. We turned right around, went back, less than, less than a quarter of a mile. And they said something about the struts went out. All four struts went out. But the struts was not out when we took it out there. But the oil changed, and we had went all the way back home after the oil changed. No struts problem. Never had a struts problem car in good condition and they don't want to do anything about it and we we thinking about getting some legal action well that's what you need to do first eva you had their oil change they talked you into buying tires they took advantage of you in the first place because your your friend is an amputee and you're an older woman they took advantage of you in the first place then they're now they're telling you, you need struts okay the vehicle's one hundred fifty thousand miles on it Evidently, it's not driven very much, and if it needs struts, it's not going to need all four of them at one time. You could put the front on, right. you could put the rear on. Uh, I would take my vehicle to another shop, uh, 
let them look at it. Don't tell them anything that somebody else told you. Mm-hmm. Just take it in there and say, hey, can you check my vehicle out? And then go from there. Because like I say, um, you are being taken advantage of because they just sold you four tires for an oil change that cost you $50 and they charge you, sold you a set of tires. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got to be careful because there's a lot of uh, people out there that will do that. Uh, if they see you coming and they know that you're willing and you don't understand, they will take advantage. So just take it to another shop that you can rely on or get somebody's opinion and go from there. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, one thing we did do. Right then, we asked a reputable tie dealer about the struts, and they told us that sound like somebody had took advantage, had done something to our car. That's just what I said. That's just what I told you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I understand. I just wanted to get get another opinion on it. Uh, I didn't think all four struts should go out at all at the same time. (laughs) No, they're not. Uh, Like I say, just take you to another uh, somebody you know and say, hey, check my car out, but don't tell them anything. We won't. We won't. We got enough sense to not to tell them. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Eva, I yes, thank, thank you. you so Did much. that help you out? Calling you. Yes, oh, thank you. Calling you because we know we can get an honest opinion of at least up to this point. Well, and thank I you. So, thank you so much for calling. Coach was just talking about how honest he is, Miss Eva, and I'm glad you called him. <laughs> oh, I'm listening to him all the time. I'm listening to your show all the time. And I said, let me go ahead and call and see what he said about struts going all out at one time, four of them. Yeah, it's not going to gonna happen. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, I thank you, Miss Eva. So we appreciate you. Okay. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Today, let's soup this thing up between your car repair questions. What's in the news? A bill aims to electronically limit serial speeders while you're souping that thing up. I'll tell you more next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton High School's Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host. I'm Jermaine Flood. We're going to go back to the phone lines. We've got John in Meridian on the line. John, you are on with Coach Charlie. Hey, John. Hello, John. What's your question? Well, it's not a question. It's more a comment. When you all were earlier talking about the EVs, and I'm sitting in one right now. (laughs) How's it feel, John? (laughs) Oh, it's nice and cool. I'm plugged in, charging the car. Well, here at my home. Yeah. And here's the deal with electric cost. Do you know how much electricity, $3 worth of electricity is? I'm saying three dollars because I realize that's about how much uh, gasoline is. Okay, isn't it? You're talking about like per gallon. Per how gallon, far can right. I go with that? Three dollars electricity. Do you know that? Oh, you're talking about like how how long the timing, the duration how, of time. How, how, how far, far you can, can drive? I go with three dollars electricity charged up in my car. Mm-hmm. If you don't know that, please <laughs> call me and tell it, and I'll explain it to you. Because I can tell you, I can drive over 100 miles with $3 worth of electricity. Okay. Okay. And then, so that would be $3 on the bill, basically. So it would be $3 on the bill. On the bill, yeah. Right. Okay. And you don't, I don't know of any gasoline vehicle that can get 100 miles to gallon. I know there's none out there. There's none out there. But you got to understand that EVs and gasoline vehicles are. Uh, rated at a different amount because of how the electricity is and how the gas is. Uh, they're saying that you. That's why I'm explaining to you penny for penny. 
not anything with uh, any anything or you know equivalents or any of that. I'm saying penny for penny. How far can you go? So you're saying you can go a hundred miles on three dollars. Yes, ma'am. So you're telling me you can go to Dallas. uh, It's 375 miles to Dallas. It's going to cost you about $11 to go to Dallas, Texas. Yeah. If I charge at places like my home, yes. If I go places where it it costs $0.30 per kilowatt hour, no. Okay, how many times do you charge your vehicle a month? Most of your driving, most of your driving, I mean, if if you're not going on vacation every weekend, you're going to be at home charging. So how much and do you, you charge? charge? You charge every day? I come home from wherever I go, and I plug in like I'm now doing and charge it. So you charge every day, and how much does it cost you to charge every day? I guess that's the... I don't, I don't have an electric meter set up to do but that. But see, that's the question, is how much it's charging you every day. Like, say, if my bill went up $60 and I was 155 kilowatts less and my bill went up $60, well, you plug that EV in, your bill is going to go up. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, yes, that's going to go Yes, but your, but your gasoline bill is going to go drop like a rock. <laughs> yeah, your electric bill, See, you're not, your, you're not, your electric you're bill goes up and your gasoline bill goes down. You're correct. Yeah. But that electric bill goes up. Yeah. But it's not going to go up as high as your gasoline bill was. Mm, that depends. Depends on how no, much you, it doesn't it, depend. It, it won't because it depends on how much it depends on how much you're going to drive. And I don't stop and get gas every day. You get it every day. You're charging every day. Okay. Well, the bill's going to go up either way. Either One way, of them the bills, bills are going to go, go up. up. Right. <laughs> Well, we, we we can fight about the bills later. Ooh, we Fletch. We're going to go to Fletch on the phone lines. He is in Bentonia. Fletch, you are on with Coach Charlie. Hey, I got a question about the uh, the lady with the tires and the and the struts. But I'll also give you all a little bit of feedback. I called in a couple weeks ago with what I thought was a little unscrupulous uh, repair with a radiator. Um, and uh, I went back to talk to the guy, and he, he kind of hemmed it hard a little bit. But I saw a gentleman there um, that, that I knew and pulled him to the side. And, and he said that, that the repairman was, was trustworthy, maybe just expensive, but, but trustworthy. Um, but I can't remember if I mentioned that point. We also had a cracked uh, oil reservoir um, that we had to go back in for. And after we got that fixed at a different place, then the thermostat went out. Should that thermostat have been something they addressed early on with, it, with a radiator overheating problem? Yeah, it was an overheating problem. That radiator, if they replaced the radiator, I would have replaced the thermostat as well because they had to take the upper radiator hose off of the radiator, and they may even have to take it off of the inlet housing of the engine, and the radi- and the thermostat is right there. You know, you're talking about a $10 fix, you know, and whatever labor they cost, but... I would have done that, and that's what most people would have done. Matter of fact, if you had an overheating problem, most of the time the first thing they do is replace the rate of the thermostat. Okay, okay. Well, we lost him, but we do appreciate your phone call. So yes. he cared. He cared about her call. That's right. <laughs> that's good. Okay. In the news, a bill aims to electronically limit serial speeders, but this is a New York bill. 
Okay, so drivers caught speeding six or more times would have their vehicles limited to 12 months. Last year, New York City launched a pilot program to trial active speed limiters on a fleet of 50 municipal vehicles. A state senator from Manhattan also proposed legislation that would mandate similar limiters on every new vehicle registered in the state starting in 2024. But the bill hasn't left the committee. Now, two other state lawmakers in New York City want persistent speeders to have their cars electronically limited. If enacted, this would require electronic speed limiters to be installed on cars caught speeding by automated camera systems six or more times. The installed devices, you better start counting, the installed devices would prevent the vehicle from exceeding the posted speed limit by more than five miles per hour, and the limiter would remain in place for 12 months. Well, we could do away with police giving tickets, you know, because nobody's going to be speeding because now they're governing the vehicle down where you can't speed, you know, uh, a sepsis speed. You get at least six tickets before you get, then. You get six tickets, you know, so <laughs> you you got a lot of time. You got some time. You got some time. Like I say, no, uh, that is, uh, once again, governing the, governing the vehicle down. We used to have governors on all the vehicles, and we still have them on quite a few. Now, you, they wouldn't be five miles over the speed limit when the governor would kick in. They would uh, kick in at 90 and 95 miles an hour. Right. You know, so. Right, uh, right. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. And then, I, I don't know, Kevin always has a car story, but Kevin thought possibly his had a limiter on it as well. Well, you know, when we're souping that thing up, we don't want no limiter on it. We want to rev that thing up to about seven or 8,000 RPMs. That's right. Then we need to go. That's right. You know, so we're not wanting to soup that thing up That's to, right. to slow it down. We want to make it fast. <laughs> that's right. I'll include a link to this story in our show's podcast description. But, Coach, that's what I enjoyed about, well, it didn't have a soup up right, but there was no, um, what do they call it, a limiter on the speed right. on my Mini Cooper. Mm-hmm. It'll just keep going even if the hands hit the bottom. It'll just keep on going. <laughs> It just keeps getting faster and faster. So that's pretty cool. But, Coach, before we head to break, I wanted to talk about um, souping up an engine versus the aesthetics. And have you ever souped a car up yourself? Oh, sure. Um, you the you want to make it look good. You know, when you're souping up a vehicle and you're, you're souping up the engine, especially, you want to paint the engine. If it's uh, orange for General Motors, if it's blue for Ford, you oh, want to paint it. You want to make it look good. Didn't know that. You, <laughs> may want to crane, you may want to chrome out the valve covers. Yeah. You know, we used to use Elderbrock uh, intakes and the polishing port, and that means that you're – once again, we're trying to get more air in the system. When they used to say polish and port the intake, what they would do, or even the heads, what they would do, they would – everything's put together and it's forged together and it's put in molds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so they have little bumps and all in there. Mm-hmm. And what they do, they would grind all that out and just make it real smooth. Yeah. So there's no drag on the air. Ain't nothing drag. So more air you get in, faster, you faster can go. it's going to go. So the aesthetics that – you want to make it look good. If you're going to take and put the money in it to soup it up, you want to make it look good as well. Yeah, on the outside. You know, we, um, you know you'd see, uh, you know, we used to have roller rockers, you know, when we had push rod engines. You know, we really don't have push rod engines no more. Uh, everything's overhead cam. Mm-hmm. So it's just a different of what you're looking for and mm-hmm. how much money you want to put it. You go to these car shows, you go down the cruise on the coast, we're going to be down there. Yeah. But you go down there, you see all these cars, they're all souped up. But guess what? You look at the engine. 
They look like they, they just, souped up too. <laughs> they look like they just came off the showroom floor, shiny and everything. There, there ain't a speck of dirt on them. Oh, we. You know, so that's what you're looking for. You want to okay. make it look good. If you're going to take and spend the money to soup it up and make it go fast, you want to make it look good as well. Right on the same flip. That's what right. What is your favorite car to soup or that you have souped? Well, my sixty nine, sixty three and a half uh, Galaxy five hundred. Okay, and a three ninety six in it. Yeah. That thing would fly. Really? Yeah. What'd you get it to? Don't tell nobody. No. <laughs> I had it up there pretty good. And then I did a uh, a El Camino. Yeah. With a 454 engine in it. Ooh. You know, those and, El Caminos are fine to me. Yeah. And you couldn't really get a 454 engine, you know, without paying quite a bit. And you, they're pretty expensive now. Yeah. But went to a junkyard and I got one out of a junkyard, rebuilt it, put and it in there. Put it in there. It tore the transmission out twice. <laughs> I told I told my brother when we fixed it, I said, I'll drive it one time, but after I got it so fast, I never drove it again because it, it was swinging transmissions out left Everywhere. and right because it's going so fast. Wow. I wish I could have hung with you when That's you it. drove that that fast. <laughs> well, today, of course, we're souping this thing up and we're also taking your repair questions. You can send an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up and Coach's Tip of the Week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. If you thought all the high-performance sports cars had become unattainable, I think we can prove you wrong this week. This week we're driving the 2023 Nissan Z. I really like what they did when they updated the design last year. It looks crisp, looks clean, looks very 21st century, but it has all those classic design cues. It has the big bulging headlamps, the square grille, and the rear that just hunches over the rear fenders and just looks really sexy. Inside, completely and thoroughly redesigned. You've got flat screen instruments, you've got flat screen touchscreen, you've got wireless CarPlay, wireless Android Auto, looks really cool, and all the crash avoidance systems, plus Bose Audio. Underneath the hood, a twin-turbo 3-liter V6, generates 400 horsepower, runs 0 to 60 in 4.3 seconds, and you still get 18 miles per gallon in the city, 24 on the highway, with a 6-speed manual transmission. Just a really fantastic car. And it all comes at a pretty affordable price. Starts under $41,000. This one all in, $53,655. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. at Southern Remini Kids and Teens. I'm Jermaine Flood. Our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. And you know what it's time for? His tip of the week. Well, you know, we're talking about soup that thing up. If you're going to soup that thing up, make sure if it's a new vehicle that you uh, check and make sure whatever you do to the vehicle does not avoid the manufacturer warranty Mm -hmm. because then you're really going to be up the creek and you're going to be spending a lot of money. So make sure before you soup those new vehicles up, you check the manufacturer warranty and see what voids and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. And make sure that you're keeping your transmission together and your your gas bill for that souped up car together. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to... Tip away from that. We're going to go to the phone lines, though. We've got Arthur on the line in Jackson. He's got a Ford Escape question. Arthur, you're on with Coach Charlie. Oh, good morning, y'all. Good morning. Uh, my uh, grandson has a 2011 Ford Escape, and the air conditioner quit working. He took it to the shop. They did whatever they did to it, and sent it back out, and 
it, it worked very briefly, then quit working, and took it back, and they said they thought it was a pressure sensor, uh, and it was going to cost like $380 to fix it, so he opted not to do it. I went and got a pressure sensor, put it in, and it cooled for about five minutes. Uh, it'll, it'll cool when you first start it up, but once you run it for about five minutes, it quits cooling. You have any suggestions? Well, the first thing is that clutch turning uh, on the air conditioner compressor itself. Can you see the front of the clutch turning? So um, there's a two-part, unless it's a continuous turning clutch, but there's a two-part clutch. Uh, when you cut the air conditioner on, both of them engage to engage the uh, air conditioner itself. Uh, if it doesn't have enough Freon, if there is a Freon leak in the system, then it will cool for a few minutes or a few seconds, then it'll cut off. If it's a Freon leak, for them to try to charge $300, put a pressure switch on, they'll probably think there's a leak in that vehicle hmm. because okay. the pressure switch probably costs you 25 to $35, maybe a little yeah. less. Yeah, and all you yeah, that, all I, that, all that does is screw on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll I'll have them check that. Uh, make sure it's not still leaking. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds sounds like it's a leak. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Arthur. We're going to stay on the line. We've got MJ in Mobile. Talk about souped up. No, his probably already came souped up. He's got a 2021 V8 Corvette transmission. Um, Comment or question. MJ, you're on with Coach Charlie. Good morning. How you guys doing? You're doing Doing good. Good, good. uh, I'm here in Mobile. I got a 2021 V8 Corvette. And uh, every time I'm in a drive-thru, um, you know, I, I usually go to Chick-fil-A every morning. Um, basically, when I'm on the line, uh, the car stalls, like if I'm driving a manual transmission. And uh, I got to go and tr- put it on park, turn it on again. And then uh, it's gotten to a point now, it's been happening now for about two months. It's gotten to a point now where sometimes I'll just stay neutral and I can't move it, either reverse or drive. So uh, it's under thirty-five or uh, 36,000 miles. Um, I am taking it to the dealer uh, on Monday, as a matter of fact. But uh, I just want to see or, you know, just to hear from other uh, Corvette owners to see if they're having the same issue. Um, I got to see uh, forums, and it seems that it's a pretty common problem. So just want to see. Yeah, it sounds like to me it may be like idle air control because uh, when you put it in gear, it uh, it has to rev the RPMs up a little bit. Okay, when you take it back out of neutral, it revs the – lets the RPMs go down. You know, so it sounds like maybe it's somewhere in that throttle body that are idle air control system. Now, I I did read uh, on the forums that a lot of people are having issues with the uh, transmission module. Um, is that do you think that's got something to do with it? Because uh, you know, this kind of double clutch, uh, and of course, everything is computers on, on on this new vehicle. So it's you know, is that something that you may, might I don't know? Do you think that might be? Because I, I would hate for them to replace the whole transmission on. Yeah. I mean, so, well, what they do, the transmission, well, understand the transmission works with in conjunction with the engine. Um, matter of fact, uh, in order for the transmission to work, that it reads the load of the engine as well. And so I let them put that, they're going to put a scan tool on it, and they're going to check and see exactly what there's going going on in there. But it sounds like to me that maybe the idle is not correctly uh on there but like saying just check that out and since it's under warranty you ain't got nothing to worry about and if they do put a new transmission in it hey that's what you may need yeah but you know <laughs> all right 
Sounds good, man. If there's any other uh, Corvette owners out there, man, if they have the same issue, I guess to call in. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, I MJ. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. I want to drive a V8 Corvette transmission. That's Did he it. say it was a stick shift? It's a double clutch. Yeah, it's, it's you can make it a stick. Oh, you can make yeah. it a stick. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's automatic. I want to drive the stick shift version of it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that sounds fast. Even though he's just stalling in the in the in the drive-through parking lot. That's it. <laughs> well, you know what, Coach? That'll wrap us up for today. I've enjoyed it with I enjoyed you today. It. I had a great day. Right. Today's autocorrect: our crew engineer Abram Nanny, call screeners Java Chapman and Liz Gill for Coach Charlie Mel. The Honest Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Thanks for listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.